But for some reason, the shear that we did on Sunday struck such a chord by so many people that I was, that I, Chavra that we're learning with here and Chavra online as well. And I was debating when we titled the shear what the title should be. Should it be, uh, why do we all have dirty thoughts during davening? Or, the, or, what I, or, what, or what it ended up being titled, which was just how to crown the king. So I figured like if I would, you know, start that marketing shtick of throwing a really provocative Title, it's the, it's the beginning of the end, right? Because, but so it's the beginning of the end. It's one. It's like the beginning of the end. Aruch Hashem, it didn't uh, happen like that. However, somehow Chaver really did uh, uh, go into that shear, and a lot of people are, are really dealing with this Indian very, very much. How this Indian of of the thoughts during davening, people are really attuned to this Indian that it's not a simple thing at all. And we began talking about it on Sunday, and now this morning what we're going to be doing is doing something, continuing this mama around Ayn Hay right now. If any of you have the Sefer, it's, it's Daf Ayn Hay. But it's such a, a beautiful thing that we're going to be dealing with right now, Dafka because of who we're learning from. We're learning from Rav Yaakov Meir Shechter. Rav Yaakov Meir Shechter is, in terms of authority, in Breslov, he's the top. Right? He's, there's no one... He's, he's the top. Not that he's the leader of the Breslov community, but if, if you have to say that there's someone that you all go to at the end of the day, it's Rav Yaakov Meir Shechter. And what's one of the most incredible things about Rav Yaakov Meir Shechter? He does not go to Uman for Rosh Hashanah. He stopped going a while ago. It's a mystery. They don't talk about it so much. But Davka, because we're learning from him about this, it's Davka, more of a reason why today's learning is going to be maybe perhaps easier for you and I to grasp and, and, and take hold of. Because again, the point is, starting the year off with such behirut hadat, with clarity of the mind, having pashut me'od, the thoughts, be clear, open, fluid, chazak, and, 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 and chazak. So he says like this, he's going to quote a Torah from Rabbi Nachman right now, from Likut Maran, Tinyana Simon Tzadik David. Rabbeinu Mevaer, Rabbi Nachman explains, Sheberosh Hashanah, Etzel HaTzadik, Mitkapzim Shlosha Rashim. By the Tzadik and Rosh Hashanah, three heads gather together. Mitkapzim is in the language of kibbutz, to come together, right? The Kapzenu Yachad. HaTzadik Hu Rosh Bnei Yisrael. As you all know that Rebbe is Rosh Tevot, Rosh Bnei Yisrael. That's what a Rebbe really is, the real Rebbe. Rosh Bnei Yisrael, it's a Torah in the Kutim Aran. Tzadik hu Rosh Bnei Yisrael, Rosh Hashanah hu gamken Rosh Hashanah, and Rosh Hashanah is the head of the year, so it's the Tzadik, the year, and the Arosh shel kol echad veechad, in each of our own heads, our beginnings, sheba im mocho vedato etzel ha-Tzadik, that you come with your own mind and dance to the Tzadik. Uchshemit kapzim shloshet ha-Rashim alalu, and when the three heads gather together, what are they? The tzaddik, the year, and each person's own cup, each person's own head. And we all join in together. He says, tremendously exalted inyanim take place. Now what does that mean is what we're going to be learning today. And obviously another provocative question, do you have to go to Uman in order to experience what he just said right now? Or to any tzaddik, Right? You're going to Uman. <laughs> it's okay, it's good. It's normal, Rabbi Nachman said, that God gave him a gift. 
that he knows where Rosh Hashanah is. I don't want to get into that statement right now. So we'll be here for two hours deciphering the coding behind that statement that Rabbi Nachman said that his Rosh Hashanah, Hashem Yisbarach gave it to him as a gift because he knows what the Rosh Hashanah is all about. And he says it over here, You think any of us can even understand what that means? It's such tremendous godliness in that statement, but who are we to try to understand that, to figure out what he, what he meant over there? But he says, but we have to really dig into here very, very much. And this is what t- the point of today's shir is, and it's it's a lemaisa shir. You know what lemaisa is? How would you say lemaisa in lemaisa? Taking all the theoretical, gewaldic, tremendous hasagot, which means understandings that we have, but putting it into a lemaisa, into practicality, is what we really want to do. Most of the time we walk out of shiurim, and we know maybe there are some good words, but we have no idea how in the world this, this has any shaykhans to my life. How do I make this to a lemaisa into my life right now? That's what we really, really want. You know, so many kids at a certain point checked out of Yiddishkeit because they were learning. No one ever showed them how to take the, the, the hasagot, the, the moach that they, that they got, and put it into the ma'asa, into practicality, into their lives, into their Shabbos tables, into their chinuch. Into the Shalom bias. This is what we're trying to do. What did Reb Nassim do with Likutei Tfilas? Which is one of the most beautiful, beautiful svarim ever written. Likutei Tfilas, again, is a book that Reb Nassim wrote of davenings of his own prayers based on Rabbi Nachman's teachings. What did he do? He took the most theoretical, exalted Torahs in the world. And when you make it into a tefillah, it becomes the most practical expression of the heart. Like I once heard of a shita that, I guess it was a breast of shita, that every single time you learn anything in Torah, not just Rabbi Nachman, anything that you learn, if you could put a tefillah onto it afterwards, it'll, it'll have a rishimu, it'll stay in you. If you can't put a tefillah onto what you just learned, even if it's Abaya and Rava and the Gemara, then where's it going? It just stayed in the level of that, but it didn't sink into the Lamaisa, which is in the heart. So he says, What did Reb Nassim do with Likutei Tfilas? Kimoreinu Reb Natal et kolatorota nisgavot. He brought down all the exalted Torahs of Rabbi Nachman. Umachnisam betochenu ad Lamaisa. And he puts it into us until it becomes a Lamaisa. I'm trying to find a better word for Lamaisa. It's not just practical, it's more like. I guess Lema'a said, to action. What do you guys think? There's a better word for it? Lema'a said? No? Part of your daily activity? Yeah, like it becomes... Something you gotta do. It's a real action. Real, yeah. It's, it's, it's a real living Chayvikayim thing in your life on, a, on an action level. Action level, you know. This is when we search to try to become real. Rabbi Yaakov Meir Shechter is saying, "This is the this is the way that we have to look." In every single thing we're learning, not just to search for the, psh, but to search for the. This is how I'm doing this in my life. This is how I'm taking it into my life. 
So he's saying now, from, Rabbi, from what Rabbi Nachman said, that Rosh Hashanah is composed of what these three Roshim, three heads, we must take out a Lemaisa action from this. Meaning, we heard a Torah, Rabbi Nachman says, Rosh Hashanah, the three heads of the year, uh, three heads come together. The Tzadik, who is the Rosh Bnei Israel, the head of the year itself, and your own head. Okay? So they're saying, but what's the Lemaisa, besides being able to give that vort over at a Shabbos table very good? What's the Lemaisa of such a Torah like that? She'avodah shel Rosh Hashanah hi Rosh, that the work of Rosh Hashanah is in the head. Forget all these Torahs you could talk about the beginning, the beginning. The head, it's all in the head. Now what lies in the head? Machshavot, thoughts. Now, so the ma'aseh right now is going to be practically working on one thing. Tikkun ha-machshava, fixing of the thoughts. Let me ask you an honest question right now, and you don't have to say it out loud unless you want to, but we've been sitting for nine and a half, nine minutes right now. How many foreign thoughts have entered the shir right now? Or has anyone drifted for the last nine minutes? Raise your hand. Okay, so you see, that's an incredible thing. It's an unbelievable thing. Isn't that incredible? On a Lamaisa level, we're all sitting here, right? But, like the Baal Shem Tov, right? So Lamaisa, we're all sitting down here. But is that really Lamaisa? Is that really Lamaisa? No. Practically, yes. In action, our bodies are sitting down next to a table, right? And we all feel like we're in a shir. But Lamaisa, how many thoughts that have nothing to do with what we're learning right now have been hanging out now? Don't start getting down on yourselves. It's a bracha to invite awareness into your lives. That's a great, great thing. Don't start, you know, that's definitely not the point what we're saying over here. But Rev. Yaakov Meir Shechter is saying, you're going to be showing up to a table. You know what the table is called? It's called 5777. It's a new year. That's the table we're going to be sitting around. And you're going to be coming to shul. And you'll be hearing shofar. If your machshavas, if there isn't a lemaisa of cleansing of the mind, of truly allowing yourself to absorb the Kedusha of the day and become part of it, the Machshavot Kedoshot that come into your mind will come out just as fast. What we want to do is invite Kedusha into our minds, into our Moch, into our Machshavot, so that the day will be filled with a long, I would love to say, an, in, an uh, uninterrupted chain of Machshavot Kedoshot, of holy thoughts, so that, like we said, on Sunday, so that the rest of the year can then flow with what we what it began with. Everything goes after the beginning. That would be that would be tremendous. Remember how every single time when Reb Chaim Kramer is asked, "Why should you go to? Uh, well, what's so big about Rosh Hashanah, right?" So you know what he always says. Remember the answer he always says. Does anyone remember? Dvir. Wiggle your toes. Did you wiggle them? How did that happen? Uh, right, so he always says that even like the lowest place in your body that, that has any functioning at all receives its message from where? From the Rosh, from the beginning, from over here. So, so too in our lives, wherever we have to be and whatever we have to do, and even the lowest places, not lowest things we have to do, but the lowest yeah, places in our lives that we need to have access to receives its messaging. It's it's uh, what's it called the control booth, I guess. What's that? You know the control tower. It's, it it receives it from here, and that's why the rosh, rosh hashanah, that day 
has to be purely refined because it's going to be a long year. Look, think about it. Do you even remember where you were last year, Rosh Hashanah? Not physically, but I'm saying where you were in your Moach last year, Rosh Hashanah? Abi, do you remember? That's okay, no pressure. No pressure. Does anyone remember where the thoughts were, on what level the thoughts were happening? Well, the truth is you don't have to remember exactly what you were thinking about in order to know where you were Rosh Hashanah. You know what you have to do? You have to take a look at your year in order to know where you were Rosh Hashanah. That's what you have to do. Because if we say that the Rosh, the head of the year, sends out, that's really the, you know, the sending out the messages for the rest of the year, and it paves the way for the whole year, then wherever I really ended up during the year is a direct result of where, where, where was I in my mind? Where, 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 where were my machshavot? And the last Rosh Hashanah. So now he continues here. Ha'avodah Rosh Hashanah hi Rosh. What does that mean? La'asot ha'chlata tova ve'amitza. To make a strong and courageous beginning. Hatchala she'timashech le'olam. A beginning which continues forever. Now, I want to ask you guys, and I want an answer this time. Not like this silent uh, show-and-tell experience we had until now. Listen. What does it mean to make a courageous start? What does that mean? What for you? Not, not for me. For you. What does that mean to make a... A courageous start, which will then continue on and flow through. Yeah, it's like taking things head on. Things that you don't deal with, you have to deal with. Start, you don't take them on so you can start clearing the path. Now inject Kedusha into, the, into what you just said. Having the right, you know, Kavana, asking Hashem, where do I need to put my focus? How can I deal with certain things that I need to deal with? And please help me start taking them on. Baruch Hashem, awesome. Alavai. What else? Break your safety zone. Huh? Break your safety zone. Like, Achlatat, okay, break your safety zone. Now, again, okay, exactly, very good. I want to make, I'm trying to get to a point. The clarity of a courageous decision is not just taking things head on or coming out of a safety zone. It's a yid does courageous decisions with, with das tzaddikim, with lemaise of etzot kedoshot, of Torah. Okay, we, we all have to break through a lot of barriers, psychological barriers, financial barriers, shalombai barriers, barriers, so many barriers between parents and children. Parents don't want to admit that they're not close at all to their children, even though they say they are and they feel they are. Those are courageous decisions that need to be made. But how does a Yid do that? He does it on Rosh Hashanah, that decision, Bikdusha, Ubitahara, with clear and, and precious, pristine Thoughts, okay, and the tefillahs. So how do you get to that clear spot? The, the, the Lubavitcher Rebbe said that on birthdays, it's a very big thing in Lubavitch. Birthdays, you have to. Any Lubavitcher knows this. The Indian is achlatas. That's what they say. Achlatas, achlatot. Birthdays in Lubavitch is a very responsible thing. Like when I, don't invite a Lubavitcher to your birthday party because he's not going to come necessarily with the gift. He's going to come with the demand that you take on certain decisions. That was, the Rebbe was very big on this. That Rosh Hashanah was, that, that birthdays are days of hachlatot, of taking on things, decisions, and you have an extra oomph of, you know, of, of certainty that you're able to achieve it because you have another year, you're starting again. Rosh Hashanah is the same exact thing. 
but on a much more powerful level. Because birthdays is just my individual birthday, my individual day of coming into the world. Rosh Hashanah is Yom Briat HaAdam. It's the day that man came into the world. All of us have a certain community, you know, a birthday that we, we all have together. But Itamar is very good. It, it, it's a very interesting question, Itamar is saying. Can I just show up to Rosh Hashanah and, have, and make a hachlata mitzah, a courageous decision, that this year is going to be the year? Is that possible? Or, what is, does, or does that depend on something? Right, which is what Elul is. And, exactly. Exactly. Anyone think otherwise that you could just show up? No? No? It's possible to be inspired. you inspired to just show up and just make a decision? <coughs> we, we make decisions every year, right? And right. We're going to do this and we're going to take things on. And, and then, for me anyway, it usually doesn't end up happening the way I thought it was going to happen. Right. But if, if something positive happens that year, then maybe the decisions we took on created that, even if we didn't do what we thought we were going to do. Uh-huh. So it's a little tricky. It's like tshuva. You know? So uh-huh. if you say, I'm never going to do this again, right. you know you're going to do it again, but saying it and right. feeling it it's true. makes you a better person. Saying, putting it out there. Putting it out there. Yeah, absolutely. Putting it out there in the beginning of the year gives you a, a tremendous aid to say, like, this year I said it, but this year I mamish mean it, right? Like Amalek and the Satan comes and tells you, don't even bother making a decision. Because you know you're going to fail. And then what's going to happen is, what's going to happen is that you're going to continue being hard on yourself. And then what's going to happen is you're going to just regret the fact that you even got into this whole true business in the first place. Right? So that's why it says about Amalek, Asher Kor Chabaderech, it always cools you off when you're on your way to making strong decisions. That's what a malik is. He cools you off when you're on your way to making strong decisions, which is one of the reasons why in Chodesh Elul we always read the parsha of Mechias Amalek. In, in Shvi, in Maftir of Kitetze, is always in Elul because you always have to pass through a malik when you're on your way to making a strong decision at the Rosh. Okay, that's it's a very important thing. And so too also, you also have to read about a malik before Chodesh Nisan, which is also Rosh Hashanah Lamalachim, which is the beginning also of a certain, certain type of beginning of the year as well. The two times you read it, Parshas Zachar and Parshas Kitetze is always before Nisan and before Tishri. Because those are the two beginnings of the year, those are the Rosh. And the worst thing in the world you could do is to go into that zone of looking back at last year and saying, why should I, why should I let myself down again? Why should I go there again? So that's the guarantee that we will pass by Malik. Question what do you do when you pass by Malik? Now, Hatchala Tova, he's gonna say now what does a Hatchala Tova depend on? What does it depend on to do a good a good start? Hatchala Tova, a good start of the year. Tluya, it's dependent the omedit betikun hamoach betikun hamachshava. I have to tell you guys a great story. And I may, it's, it's such a simple thing that happened, but it's such a great story. He says over here, a good beginning is dependent on tikkun amoach and tikkun amachshava, fixing your mind and fixing your thoughts. Shekol kama she'amoach v'amachshava teorim, the more that the mind and thoughts are pure, shayach she'yishayer rishimah dikdusha v'chol yemot ha'shana, What's going to be shayach, what's going to happen afterwards? There will be a signature 
the significant, like when you when you carve your, you know, when you when you write your name very strong into a paper. So even if you erase the paper, many, you know, whatever it is, there's no, there's always going to be a signature, like a, a rishim. Yeah. So we we've said this already fifteen times today. So lemaisa, how does this work? So I, I, this is the most lemaisa thing that ever happened to me. I was in Machon Meir for a bris, and I was waiting online afterwards to get a bracha from the Sandak. The Sandak was Rav Bigun. You know who Rav Bigun is? He's the head of Machon Meir. You know Machon Meir, right? You heard of Machon Meir in Yishlein? What a tremendous place, amazing. You know, each yeshiva has its own chain, its own light. Their, their light is very, it's very interesting. It's very, it's very simple. It's this beautiful emes and love for Eretz Yisrael and the Torah. But in a very, very pushed way. So I was waiting online and I asked, it was my turn, I looked up to him, I said, I want a bracha to have Yishuv Adat, to have a calmness of the mind, and, you know, settling the mind. I'm waiting for him to give such a. He looks at me and he says, Tilma Torah. Next. <laughs> he said, Learn Torah. At first, I was like, "Are you kidding?" So, but I waited online for so long. Was <laughs> <laughs> that right? <laughs> right, right. This is what are you, are you kidding me? I'm telling you, it's been about it's been about eleven years since that bris, and as much as I want to fool myself that that that, that this will bring me yeshuvadas and that'll bring me settling of the mind, and that'll bring more clarity of the mind, and if only I went and spoke to that person, and that tzaddik, and that retreat, and read that book, or record that song, or all these things, kivyachal, that'll bring a settling of the mind. Those are all nice things, Bezad Hashem. They're, they're good things. A yid's way, lemaisa way, of settling the mind, is when he takes his mind and he throws it into the Rishus of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He literally takes his own mind, your own dot, and you're saying, it's yours, Hashem. Now what does it mean? How does a Jew say, it's yours, Hashem? By immersing our Moach into what the Tanya calls Kiviyachol, so to speak, Hashem's Moach. What's Hashem's mind? His Ratzon of his mind? The Torah. We don't, what, what else do we have? The Torah is, is, so to speak, Hashem's immersing yourself in Hashem's mind, what we learn. So what could be more settling than being one with the creator of the world and level of that? Nothing. And, and, I, and I know you guys have tasted this as well, and you have a hunger for more and more of that, and that's really why Chaz Deshem, we're, you know, this coming year, we already started, even though we're already here, but we're back in our shul, but Rosh Hashanah, Bezat Hashem. Well, Hashem, the room is, is getting more and more, you know, filled with, will be filled with svarim, but that's not as important as being filled with people to learn the svarim, right? Because people really just want to settle their minds. They want to be just calm again. They want to be, they want to know that they're going into a safety zone. They're leaving their comfort zone of non, a non-Torah environment on a daily basis, and we're, and we're throwing ourselves into, immersing ourselves into the domain of the Ribbonah this, on a Lamaisa level, you want to show up Rosh Hashanah, which is only, what is it, six days away? Yeah. Today's Chavdalet, right? Chavhei. Chavhei. Is today Chavhei? Does anyone know the... What's today? 
No, in 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 Tishrei. What's today? Does anyone know? Yeah, it's Chavdalad. Today it's Chavdalad. Wow. So tonight is really the day of the creation of the world. Chavhei. Do you know that the world was created in Chavhei to uh, Elu. The sixth day is Rosh Hashanah, the day that man was created. But really, the world was created on Chavhei. So you want to lemaisa? Now let's talk tachlis, like Rav Yaakov Meir Shechte is saying. You want to show up to Shul, Rosh Hashanah, with clear thoughts. You could say, "I got to do this. I got to run there. I got to tovel there. I got... It's all good stuff." The best way is immerse yourself in Talmud Torah for the next six days, immersing your dot, your machshavas, which most of the time really are chatterboxes and just you know very very heavy stuff in our brains that don't really get us there. And throw yourself into the Yam of Torah. And then you'll have a much greater chance showing up Rosh Hashanah with a clear mind to make courageous decisions. That's the only way us Yidin approach things. Can we drop heretical, possibly? Uh, 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 drop heretical. Her- a little bit heresy, to what you just do, said. Do you want that? So I, want, I, I feel it. <laughs> so I want to just like get it out and like... Um, Obviously, learning Torah is is the ideal. <coughs> I think everyone, I don't know any of us, maybe here don't agree with me, but it's hard. To me, to listen learn, and learn Torah is over the Savior is hard. How do you feel that way? Only if you yeah. right? Well, we can okay, learn. Right. We, we, we actually we all, do learn. We when you leave, you all learn we all stay till right. three. Yeah. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, if immersing yourself in, in Hashem's world, and you're saying Torah... If you immerse yourself in my backyard and do his bodhidus, and you, fi- and you realize every leaf on the tree and every bird you hear chirp and every butterfly you see fly by is avodat Hashem, you're also, and, and, and I think maybe as much maybe, if you appreciate being in Hashem's world, you're, you're, in, you're saying everything I'm hearing, seeing, feeling. Does that like, practically help you? Yeah. yeah. I think that's what I'm saying, that Torah is hard. Learning something to open up a safer is hard to immerse yourself in a, in a, in a, in a sheer and opening up a book by yourself. Why is it hard? It's structure, which That's, to me is like... No, no, no. That word, it's hard, <laughs> It's hard. is Amalek. That's Amalek. Is it hard? It's hard for you to sit right now and to, and to give yourself your, your neshama, the greatest massage in the world? It's the most gewaldic thing in the world. What tells you that it's hard? That's not me. That's what tells you that it's hard. I'm not that guy that sits and learns. The real you? Of course that's the real you. You're kidding me? You're, 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 you shine. <laughs> you shine more than you ever do when you're immersed in a safer... With his bodhidus. Not chas v'shalom. I hear what you're saying. God you're, forbid. Right, but, but what is this definition hard? We already changed that definition with Cliff earlier in the year. Does anyone remember the definition of hard? If we change the word hard and we put a different... No. Dude, Close. You may change it to worthwhile, but that doesn't mean that. Uh, I didn't change it. He did. Clifton. Worthwhile. If some, when I change the approach of looking at things that are hard and putting a different word called worthwhile, then what happens to my approach to that thing? Does it still become a thing that I refrain from doing? No, because I, I've understood that it's. Is it worthwhile for me to immerse my mind into the moach of a kaddish baruch Yes, very very much so. But who defined, who said that it's hard? What voice says that it's hard? 
No, okay, but that was just a nice broad right. statement. Right. But Lemaise, like we're all we're all Lemaise right, right now. Why is it? How could the? How could this? How could it be hard? What makes it hard? What makes it hard? Let's figure this out. What makes it hard? Because this is important for the beginning of the year. What makes going to a shear hard? Let's figure this out. Because your mind wanders. And then where doesn't it wander? Back to the Right. Like if when I'm when I'm on Facebook and I'm looking at that person's status, which has nothing to do with my life at all, it has no relevance to my life, zero. In fact, it's only damaging. My mind doesn't wander. Amazing. Isn't that an amazing thing? Full focus. What? No, I don't hear you. (laughs) I must see what they did last Tuesday. And I must see where they're going to go, right? How how does that work? That, like, in those places, I'm not wandering. But but here, in the sheer, besides the last few minutes, because we're talking about things that are outside of the text, it does you, wander. You just said it there, right there. What's what? hard? Yeah. Is the text. I think that if Lashon Hakodesh was all was all our uh, uh, illusions, that would like make learning. I won't say totally easier. Mm-hmm. It would definitely break a wall down. Yeah, but sit by a safer and then go. Okay, through. so tomorrow, let's say like this, we show up with text of English only in right. English. Would that change anything? Right. Probably not. But <laughs> 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 that's a, that's a that's a barrier. Gomorrah? Are you, are you joking me? Azov Chayga, one second. Wait, 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 this is good stuff. This is Lemaise stuff right now, right? We want to get to our Adchala. First of all, for some people, for a lot of people, anything that you're told that you should do or have to do is hard. Absolutely. Right off the bat. Absolutely. I mean, it's... Absolutely. Meaning, if my Ratzon... Wait a second. Are any of you here because you, you were told you should be doing this? Jewish guilt? As of Jewish guilt. Part that plays into our lives and learning Torah. Right now, this second, you showed up this morning because you have a, because of Jewish guilt. No, but partially because I think it's it's something I have to do. Hundred percent. I I enjoy. Yeah, it. but not I enjoy of, it to an extent. You know, sometimes more than others, but partially because I feel it's something I need to do for my neshama to get close to Hashem to have a, uh, you know all of it. I sure. see it as like life support. Right. We should all feel that. I love that should be the. I say I understand the Hezbollah and that Baruch Hashem stuff and I attach to that as well but I think without the learning also I just think it's almost impossible to survive in this world I mean the, the antidote to every to so much is the learning it has to be what? I'm not trying to simplify it I'm saying like the learning is critical like how do you navigate through this world without learning Torah? Right, but in what way are you saying that? I mean, are you saying that because you know, when you don't practice. learn Torah, you feel like you're talking you for myself. You learn, yeah, I, I, I'm I saying like when I learn, when I sit here and I learn and I walk out, it pretty much, I hope, carries me through the day. And the days I don't learn, I find the the challenge is much greater. So I just think it's it's not right. easy at all. Of course not. Right. But like Hashem gave us this beautiful Torah, and like we need it so badly just to get through day to day. No, not. For me, Joe, you're, you're showing up to a shear. Exactly. You're talking like as if you're someone. Where are you? No, but <laughs> isn't like, there an Indian of, of having this be old, as he was, was saying, like there's an old to learning? There's an old, like. A uh, old with a. Uh, a yoke. A yoke, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's difficult. It's like not. 
You have to push through to... Why is it? Why is there an O? Right, why is there a Meidut? Why is it? Because it, requi- it requires a lot out of things. It's like, when you're looking at Facebook, it requires nothing of your brain. Nothing. You're looking at Netflix, it requires nothing of your brain. It's just, you're watching it, and it's easy, but it's nothing. It requires you to, to and move. And what does that do? Like, what does that do, that requirement? What does that do to a person? What's the lemaisa when that something is, a, uh, demands something of you? Oh, it brings out great, Yes. It, that, that's what straightens you, and that's what also connects you to what you're, it, 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 it connects you, it makes it stay within you. When you have to work on something, look. The the, the most lemaisa thing we could say right now is is, is 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 a marriage. The most easiest way to make a whole parallel to everything we're doing right now. If there's no amelut and shalom bayit, so what does that say about the it kashrut, the connection you have to your spouse? We never. I hate when I get so nervous when I meet young couples. They they they, they say to me, oh, you know, Hashem, we we never fight. We never. That's what it is. Like you came into this world to find a zivug to never work on anything. Let him enjoy Unfortunately, unfortunately, no, no, I'm not talking about shana rishona. I'm not talking about shana rishona. Talking about that later. There's no, there's no. It's such a boring thing saying, I came into, I came into this world to get a zivug for no, for no amelus. No amelus. It's not hard. It doesn't demand anything of me. It just flows. So where, what's the level of heat kashrut, of connecting to something that you don't have to work on? Maybe there's no milchama, but, you're not, but there's, no, there's no connection either. There's no sincere connection. So I think with Torah, if, if you opened, if you came to Shir and you started learning, you're like, okay, great, I understand. And then you left, then, then what, was the, what would be the heat kashrut that you have to the, to the words you learn? It'd be like reading a telephone book. Nothing. Numbers, names, nothing. Nothing. But this inyan of it being hard, it's not an easy thing to, to, to connect yourself to the moach of the Rebbe but it's the most worthwhile thing that you could ever, ever, ever do for yourself. Ever. There's nothing more worthwhile. The Talmud Torah can get kulam. You say it every morning. And that's why we're here. Because even if there's guilt involved, right? And, and there is to a certain extent by all of us that grew up from. I don't know anyone that doesn't have an element of that. that there is a certain uh, element of it. And that's Hashem's cheshbon. It's not mine. We didn't, we didn't choose to grow up into the world we, we, we grew up in, right? There is some element of guilt involved, which hopefully by, over the years is, is getting, you know, we're getting rid of it more and more and more. And we're doing it much, much more out of this is what I really want, not because I feel like I, someone told me I should. But even if there is, we're, we're still here. We're still here because we know that we want more of ourselves, we want more of our lives. And we know that we all could use an extra dosage of Yishuvadas. I don't know anyone, we've said this before, I don't know anyone that's ever said, I think I'm good with that Yishuvadas thing, I think I have enough. It doesn't exist. That's something that we're constantly constantly battling so now again look back at this past year how much settling of the mind besides by the way I feel weird saying this in the house of a Canadian I think you guys have 
some element of Yeshivadas that doesn't exist by us Americans and Israelis. <laughs> I will say that. There's something going on. I don't know. What. No, Canada, it's a different ballgame when it comes to the well, cup. They're, they're neutral. Right. <laughs> certain, certain big Westerners, I think, also have it. Yeah? Yeah, but we're limited. <laughs> you know, when I went to, yeah, yeah, say, say, say. I think to, to acknowledge the hard part of learning, to add to the word worthwhile, I think we should add rewarding. Because really, when you do put that hard work in, it, if it really is worthwhile, and if you're doing it, you obviously feel on some level it's worthwhile, what do you get out of it? it you feel accomplished. There's a reward that, that you yourself get out of anything you put hard work into. Why are from Yiddin so scared to, to, to hold by what you just said right now? Well, sometimes it causes you to realize your flaws that you maybe don't want to accept and admit, and, and it forces you to maybe make changes in your life. Because, uh, no, 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 I'm saying something else. Sorry, I didn't explain my question. I have to explain my question better. Yeah. Why, why, why is it hard to, to hear what you're saying, Lemaisa? Because I don't want to, the picky of us, it says... Like, you shouldn't be doing something for its reward. I'm not talking about reward from Hashem. I'm talking about for, your, for yourself. Ah. For yourself. When, when I, ah, read, I, get I, I get the Indian that you're putting forward or that I'm reading in a, in a Sefer, that feels good. N- not because I think I'm getting something from somebody else or from a Kaush Baruch it, it makes me... intellectual. Per- let's go. Yeah, it's... In, it's when, when you go to, to of, of course, I, I connect to, to building things, but when I s- start a project and it's a, I finish the project and I can step back and look and say, look what I put together, which you can also use for your thought, it, it feels really, really good. You know you did it with your mind or with your two hands. Not because you, somebody else is going to give you something in return. You just know, like, I, I was able to put this together. Yeah, but not everybody likes putting things together. It doesn't have to be physical. I'm saying it's it's like there is that sense of accomplishment when you push yourself to do something that's hard for you to do. Sure. Period. But, you know, we're saying that, you know, one thing is very easy. You know, watching a movie is very, very easy. And learning power is very hard. And you say to yourself, well, I have an hour. What am I going to do? You know, that's where we come to this crossroads so much in our lives. And at the end of the day. Watching TV, though, is to shut your mind off. Okay, I like shutting my mind off. Mm-hmm. There's a time and place for that, I think. I think there you is. know, most of the day at work, my mind is on it. At night, yeah. I want to shut my mind off. Yeah, and, sure. that's, and that's what I find the time that I have. I, I have work, and I have like that little hour or two. And, and learning more Torah, to me, usually comes down to that hour or two. Right. And am I going right. to use that time to do something that's hard to do? Or am I going to just take it easy? Sure. At the end of the day, that's the time that I have. Yeah. I you, find. TV, do you take anything with you after that? Like that? For me, I don't. No, of course not. I just want, like you said, I want to shut my mind off. Right. That's so, it. That's it. That's that, you know, practically. Did you, did you want to say something? Yeah. What about Rav Nachman? Did yeah. he have a problem with keeping his mind straight? I don't know, because he, uh, the one that all the Torah is about keeping your mind pristinely clear from him, but then there's a whole voice of thought that says that only someone who knows what happens to you when you don't keep your mind straight, can say such Torahs, right? Like, was he sad or happy? Well, only someone that says mitzvah gdoyat b'simchat tamid is someone that knows what it's like to not be b'simchat tamid. So I don't know. I don't know. It's a great question. He didn't have that many years 
to go through it. He died when he was 38, and he buried five children and a first wife. He, he went through many moments where you could definitely think that he had no yeshivadas. But he overcame. Apparently. Apparently. Well, well, okay. How did he overcome it? But, but what brought him to Semcha? Reb Nachman would be the first one to tell you that a Yid's way of connecting to the Simcha is being so besimcha that you're a Jew. But what, how do I connect to the fact that I'm a Jew? Through Talmud Torah, through learning. Yet Reb Nachman was very, very machmir, big on making sure... People think of Reb Nachman, he was very machmir to make sure his chassidim would go out and dance all day long in this mappy tum. You have to do a rikud. You know how machmir it was that every single day you have to learn halacha? Halacha is very big on poskin. You have to learn Shulchan Aruch every single day. Gemara, everything. You have to learn everything. It was very, very big on it. This is our way. Whether we look, whether we like it or not, until we all become to, on a certain level. Now, don't get really scared of in the next word. Okay, I'm gonna f- we make a I'm gonna say a very threatening word right now. You ready for this word? Kolomix. Dangerous word, huh? Actually, sounds great. Such a from word. Gan Eden. It's Gan Eden word. It's a Gan Eden word. Until that becomes part of our mentality, really, for real, for real, for real, for real, I can't, I can't really understand what, what, what the worthwhileness, the rewarding aspect. I can't really do it. But if this is what I'm thinking about at least, these are where my machshavot are, do you realize how pure our machshavot are if that's what we're thinking about all the time? It's amazing. At least the, the Ratzon is there to be like that. At least that. And at least that's the way I go into Rosh Hashanah with these machshavot, with these thoughts. Or at the very least we want to want. Which is already a ma'ala. Which we, we, we know is already a big, very, very high level. So, I'll take that one. Hmm? I'll take that one. <laughs> to want to want. To want to want. Yeah. Okay, I'm just, do that so I just want to finish right? before... Yeah, yeah, of course, right, of course. There's only like... I can only say that like 10 or 11 times. And then uh, 10 times we said. 10 times. Yeah. Okay, just the last paragraph here. It's brought by the Baal This avoda of the fixing of the mind and of thoughts with holy and pure thoughts. This is what you're supposed to be doing every day. It's not just a Rosh Hashanah Avoda. Every single day you're supposed to be working on this concept of purifying the thoughts. This is, Be'ezot Hashem will be busy doing this until the day we die. I, you know, I daven this week. I think I understand this a little bit by not why he's going to say, like to daven with someone that's like a Rebbe and connecting your dot to his dot is a very tremendous thing because you realize it's, it, it's a work that happens forever. This Sunday night I daven be Marev I went to Shir of, of a tzaddik, and I dove in Marev right behind him. I don't think I should do that ever again. It's a very interesting, uh, just the way it was, where I was sitting. And um, this man, Rav Ginsburg, is a... His mind is completely intertwined. It's completely, like, uh, threaded, how would you say? Like, huh? Embedded. Embedded, what did you say? Weaved. Weaved. Into the into the machshavas of a kaddish baruch Hu. all day long. If you know if you know of Yitzchak Ginsburg, it's just all day long. 
says what is, and you're standing in the presence of someone who is, he's fully, fully intertwined and weaved into the thoughts of Ribonosh. This is what he's thinking about all the time. But he has to work on this, even he too, the rest of his life. This is what we're busy doing all the time, non-stop. I don't know if it, I'm sure it becomes easier, but then the Nisiyanos become harder as well. So it's all relative. And the Baal Shem Tov says, this is what we're doing, this is like on a, on a level of a general tikkun, this is what we're doing in Olam Hazen. Like this is our grand, our big, big job while we're here, purifying our thoughts. Ki ikar tikkun ha'adam talui b'tikkun ha'moach. You really want to be fixed here? You want to really get it together here? It really boils down to where your thoughts are at. Besur When you refrain from bad and do good, ki ha'moach hu kol ha'adam. Because really man is his moach. If one's brain is guarded and holy, then what ends up happening? Then all the 248 limbs are also guarded and are also holy. Because from here, whatever is going on over here is what ends up happening with the rest of my body. Obviously now we could just... When it comes to Tikkun HaYesod, we know that this is really what he's, what, what he's referring to over here the most. It comes to Shmir Sabris, this is really where, where, where it's at. I don't have to worry about any other place in my body in order to keep my mind clean in, in those thoughts besides my moch. I don't have to worry about my hands, my legs, or my elbows. It's the moch. Kach shem misyarot rosho, from his hair on his head, the ad tzipornaim raglav, until the tzipornaim, the... Uh, the nails of his toe, it'll be a whole Merkava Lashchina. will be one big chariot for the Shechina HaKadoshah. So, you have to remember that the Baal Shem Tov also said that Machshava is the same letters as the word Besimcha. Like, you all look very depressed right now. Everyone in this room thinking, we're toast. There's no way, like, so I'm going to go into Rosh Hashanah with clean thoughts, right? No, we were all dreading now, oh, why do we have to learn this? Now we're going to be focusing on this, and now our heads are bichlal, going to be in another place, Rosh Hashanah. So just on a practical, lemaisa level as well, don't think you could accomplish any of this with atzvus. Oh, Hashem, I wish I could be this person. Ratzon kibi besimcha too. Hashem isbarach. I wish I could be this person. That is a... It seems like a very childish approach and a very non-religious approach and a very immature approach. It's the highest approach in the world. It's the holiest approach in the world. Besimcha. Besimcha is the letters machshava. If you are where your thoughts are, then at least make it a happy experience. Pashat. And that's why our level of simcha on the last six days of the year also has to go up a notch. It, it has to. So both the learning on the Lamaisa level, like two Lamaisas from this year. On the Lamaisa level, then the, again, this is an order, so what? So that the Rosh, the head of the year, can really be a day that we can really be plugged in in the most clear way, in pure way. One is the Talmud Torah to be completely immersed in Kivyochah, so to speak, Hashem's thoughts during the, during the, the year, but especially now, to learn more. Even if it's hard for you, to dafka choose, like, of course it's hard for me, and it's so worthwhile and rewarding to take on, you have a few more minutes, you want to shut your head off? No, 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 your head's been off in front of the computer. Now, now turn it on. You turn it on through learning, extra learning. 
extra learning whenever you can, a few minutes, grab a few minutes of learning. And the other thing is, is that the really, our Simcha button needs to be, needs to be on turbo right now. This is the way to end the year, and it's the way to, to enter into the year as well. All right, we'll continue Thursday morning with Rav Kook. This is the